Can I get a Hanyak? What is up, my Hanyaks? Welcome back to another edition of the Rambling Viking Podcast. Getting your daily dose of weird. Hope you are having... Hope you're PDFG. I'm PDFG. And uh, this podcast is about to be PDFG. Sorry if you heard some some noise there. Dog was crawling under the table, as uh, they always do. Is is common practice. If I'm sitting at my desk, you know, doing literally almost anything, but especially podcasting, they're like, hey, you know where I need to be? Right where your feet are. Right where all the cords are, too, for, you know, the power strip to that. That powers everything. So, yeah, we're really riding the lightning on that one and loving it. So, all right, time to get to what we got today. What's this episode going to be about? Well, if you read the title, you already know a little bit about we're doing some sports talk today, specifically NFL. Uh, first and foremost, if you've been tracking this podcast at all, you are aware of the NFC least, uh, series that we did last season, Connor and I, as I'm an Eagles fan, he's a Giants fan. The NFC East had an historic year last year and being the worst division in football history, beating out the 1970 something, wh- whoever's, I don't even remember or the AFC South or something like that. in like the seventies is crazy. So, in that spirit, we basically said, look, as long as our division is going to be the least, hence the name NFC Least, we're going to keep doing it. So, it was even on a week-to-week basis. This was on demand, all right? This wasn't, oh, yeah, we got a whole season. This was like, no, we're only guaranteed this next episode. And you know what? They did not disappoint. And I was talking to Connor the other day, and we were talking about, I brought up, um, you know, what do you think? Uh, So, Because right now, you know, it's either looking... Great or horrible, depending on which way you're coming from. NFC Least is a very live possibility. Basically got four descriptors right now of what is going on. Uh, Cowboys fans, they're they're screaming, Dak is back, we're unstoppable. And then he hurts his shoulder and he's going to have another MRI. So here we go. And then always year after year, you know, this is our year, it's going to be like... It's going to be like the 90s all over again. It's like they're just living in the 90s, all right? They're blasting MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice and Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, TLC, all that good stuff, right? Motley Crue, the the 90s grunge with Nirvana. They're just they're just living stuck in the 90s. So, and and that's where they're at. And then before before like 2 days ago, uh I was touting over here being like the Giants being like, "Hey, yo, None of you other guys even had, if you guys even had a scuffle, we had an all-out brawl at our training camp, alright? So let me tell you, as he's eating his giant slice of New York-style pizza folded in half, and it's like, look, y'all don't stand a chance, the NFC East is ours, this is our year, baby. You know, I know we're over getting in fights, and literally, they had a whole brawl. And then the Eagles are over in the side, basically going, Whoa, what's going on? Um, which is code for, which translated equals, we don't want to name, officially name Jalen Hurts our QB1 starter because we are the front runner contender for securing Deshaun Watson, a top five talent, and also a top five <laughs> uh, alleged sexual assaulter. So he's he's got lots of problems right now. And so we're in this nice, fun middle ground where it's, I'd put it the equivalent of, we're separated but not divorced, and but while we're still making moves and going on dates with this other person, so we're kind of in between, right? We uh, we we have Jalen Hurts, who we're not fully committed to, but we're not ready to fully sever that relationship. And now, if 
Deshaun Watson, though, in, in that situation pans out and he says, oh, no, I love you. Let's get married. Then we will, at the drop of a hat, go for that. And Jalen Hurts, bye-bye. So we're, we're you know, just a bright, shining example of, you know, uh, competence and preparedness because our first game is, as of recording, is tonight, of our first preseason game. And then there's Washington football team who is silently. So I picture this all happening at a dinner table and, you know, they're all sitting around and picture the camera panning. And so you have the Cowboys, they're eating a burger with a Bud Light Cowboys fan is just ranting how they're the best. Zeke lost all that weight. Dak's back. And then, you know, someone says, well, you know, what about his shoulder? And he's always oh, be fine. And what all this? And then, um, so they're, they're on their high horse. And then the Giants, the Giants are over there eating their New York style pizza uh, with I don't know what what do New Yorkers drink seltzer water I don't know I don't feel like they're known for their beer culture uh, someone enlighten me Connor what would the Giants fan be drinking would they be drinking like a, a brew like a Sam Adams yeah I know that's more Boston and my accent might have been more Boston I'm I, I'm not look I'm no expert here so I don't know let me know. Five-star review, email, voicemail, text, or voice memo. Your choice. Uh, Then the Eagles fan is obviously eating a Philly cheesesteak and probably drinking a Mountain Dew. I don't know. You know what? They're all drinking. They're all drinking a beer. It's fine. They're all. That's the one thing they have in common. They're all. They're all in on a beer. Maybe it's. They all have a different beer. uh, But that's what they're doing. All right. So he's got his Philly cheesesteak and uh, he's more just yelling at people and yelling nonsense at people uh, that. That uh, doesn't really make much sense. And then Washington football team is over in the corner. And they have a, what is the equivalent of a side salad, but they're eating his main course. So we're a little confused, but they are not saying a word. The Washington football team fan is just sitting there, watching all this unfold, silently eating. And I mean, look, we make passes. All the other fans make passes at the Washington football team. And yet, don't know. Don't know what's going on, right? Uh, Yet they don't say anything. And they just, you know, maybe nod or shake their head, kind of hmm, shrug it off. Literally don't say a word, which makes me nervous. They have Fitz magic. This could be a problem. So it uh, really, in my, really to me, it all, it all depends. It all hinges on them. If Washington football team comes out swinging, and I awkwardly saw that in fantasy football, they are going to be a top five defense or preseason. Right? They're they are like the fourth, uh, fourth best. Defense, I don't know, coming into the season. So, there's that. I don't know what's going on. Uh, it's all it's all up for grabs. So, the NFC least is, uh, the possibility of it is alive and well. Uh, so bittersweet about that. If anything, the Eagles will be leading the charge to me. Uh, followed closely by either the Giants or the Cowboys. And then the Washington football team, unfortunately, is looking poised to be able to make some kind of run. Or they could totally fall apart. It could be Fitz Magic or Fitz Tragic. No idea what's going on here. So, yeah, those are the... I got links to uh, the... <laughs> you can watch the hit the start of the Giants brawl. You can check out the Cowboys and Rams players brawling during their scrimmage. So, I mean, this is just great. This is great. And then we can... And then I've got the Eagles coach Nick Sirianni. Won't name Jalen Hurts his starting quarterback. Just who else we got? Come on. Sorry if I blow you. I'm trying to figure out a good way where I can like yell and look away, and I don't think I figured it out. So if let me know what I could you do. Maybe I should just I, I lean to the side sometimes. Maybe I should just push away, 
lean to the side, and I could get it out. How's that? I, I think that was better. I think that was a lot better. I don't know how much noise it makes when I move this arm, though. This mic arm. Oh, who knows? All right. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, all you NFC Least fans, that's what you're here for. So you're loving this. So if you're still, if you haven't turned the podcast off already, don't worry. I'm getting to real NFL news. And the real news is the NFL seems to be swinging the other way on their pendulum, returning to the no fun league. As they as the report comes out, they instruct officials to strictly enforce unpopular rule. Interesting. So this is from the New York Post. Their version of the story. Uh, there's also, I'll put a link to Pat McAfee's reaction. Uh, just fair warning, is not safe for work. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of Frankfurt and, um, um, that he throws in there. And um, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of good fellas. Uh, I don't know. And, you know, we talked about the bleeping thing. So uh, just be warned if you're in a place where there are sensitive ears, uh, don't click that Pat McAfee link. He is uh, in SFW. But if you know anything about him, you already know that. He, he's, he he lays it all out there, says it how it is. But he's pretty pissed about it, and as he should be. But the here we go. We'll dive into this article a little bit. The NFL is preparing to unleash a crackdown against taunting. Uh, in their annual rule change points of emphasis video, they noted that game officials have been told to strictly enforce the taunting rule. So this is interesting, right? Say they're going back to the no fun league here, and um, which so they previously reopened the gates in a lot of ways to allow individual fun celebrations um, because they'd cracked down on that I don't know five ten years ago, and it became really boring because players couldn't celebrate at all. And it's like, come on, this is that's part of the huge draw. These iconic. Uh, touchdown dances and different things and fun celebrations. You do the bowling, you do the grand grenade, you do the ball stuck to my hand, whatever. And you involve all your teammates. And so that's back. But then now we're not able to taunt, which I'm worried this is going to happen. When you have a good hit, you get up and you're like, yeah, or something like that. Or you do something, you know, that's not like an overt, like I'm taunting you, like very intentionally out of my way, walking over you and like flipping you off type note type notion but it just because this is a game i mean these are the the highest they're they're at the highest level of this sport and of sport in general so they're gonna be most competitive most passionate i mean i know i would be in that situation you're gonna have those moments and that's part of the game right so uh They've all made it so the NFL Players Association coaches and competition committee have all made a strong statement regarding respect among everyone. See, this is this is where you lose. We get so lost in being respectful. We want to be respectful and sensitive to that. We don't want to be insulting where it's like on some level in competition. When we're look, when we step up to that ping pong table, that pickleball court, whatever it may be. I, look, I, that's who I play against is my friends. And I talk trash. In big moments, you celebrate. And, you you know, you get a little animated. But at the end of the day, it's all under the it's all under the umbrella of we are playing a game. This is during the competition. But I am not going to say anything. And none of this should be taken personally unless I overtly do something or say something. Then I'm stepping into disrespect. But that's the whole notion around respect where it loses. So I'll, I'll keep going before I dive too much into my opinion on this. The video noted, we saw an increase in actions that are clearly not within the spirit and intent of this rule and not representative uh, to, of the respect to opponents and others on the field. All right. Uh, and then I guess I'm going to watch this video. Yeah. 
Yeah, that one should be taunting. So the video they use is like a guy gets tackled and then he stands up and gets in the defender's face and and flexes. Now, if he just had stood up and not been in the defender's face and flexed, I think not taunting. But I'm worried is that that's going to be taken as taunting. You do anything post-tackle, catch, run, whatever, it's going to be taunting. Okay. So that one, he turned around and he spiked it and he stared him down. That one, hmm. So Jarvis Landry, make a big catch and you spike it, cool. Hmm. So interesting, yeah. I don't know. It's funny, there's a defender on the first one, the defender had the big hit. It was really funny. And he clearly got him. So what's this? Yeah, okay. So the examples they show are clear taunting. And here's interesting development, too. So if you commit two taunting penalties during the same game, you will that's an automatic ejection. And in addition, you could receive fines or suspensions and or suspensions, depending on the severity of the taunt. So, I mean, that I see no problem with. So in total, there are 11 taunting flags throwing in 2020, most notably the Super Bowl. Buccaneers defensive back Antoine Winfield Jr. was flagged for an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for flashing a peace symbol at Chiefs receiver Tyreek Hill after breaking up a pass. He was fined $7,800. See, I think when you're over, I don't know, it's such a fine line to me. So if you watch the video that Pat McAfee does, he's like, look, you're in the moment, you do something, and like that's part of the banter. You know, we talk about friendly banter, and, and, and I mean, that's how I live my life is friendly bantering with people. I laugh, at, I banter to myself in the sense of I, I poke fun at myself and I laugh at myself, and, and, and that's how I operate. And if I'm not operating in that, that probably means I'm uncomfortable or unfamiliar with the situation. And I'm most comfortable, look, when I'm throwing some casual insults your way, and that, and so, yeah. So according to Fox Sports, there exists a significant difference between a player acting out toward an opposing player and a player merely just gesturing. Yeah, I could agree with that. So I'm not as fired up as I was starting this. And the link for that, all that stuff is in the description. You already know. And so I'm not I'm not as fired up about this as I thought I would be, but I'm still nervous because what ultimately happens is when they say you need to put an emphasis on it, that means that I, I these first few weeks, I mean, they're going to call anything and everything a taunting. And it's just, it's, I, I think it, this is my prediction. My hope is that they maintain within reason, but my prediction is that they overdo it and then guys feel like they're getting hamstrung. It's no longer fun and it lives up and we're swinging back towards the no fun league and how we're cracking down on stuff. That is my that is my prediction ultimately, and I hope that it's not what happens. But we'll see, right? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think that they're gonna that this is kind of reasonably found? I see no reason. The taunting rule already exists. They're just simply saying you need to crack down on it. But that always makes me a little nervous because a lot of this is sort of subjective, subjective, and. I think we could see a situation where it feels like the replacement refs. So I don't know, but yeah, that's that's where that stands. Where do you where do you, where do you stand on that? Do you think this is a good thing? Do you think it's uh, do you think it's going to be overblown? Do you think I'm overblowing it? Do you think you know? I don't know. What do you think? So, all right, last story as we look into the NFL season. Before we get to power rankings, according to Bleacher Report. So we'll see what they have to say. If it's still in my notifications. If not, we're not going to do it. It's fine. 
this one I definitely stand strong on. So the NFL will, this was announced a little bit while back, NFL will play the Black National Anthem before every game in 2021. So, which is Lift Every Voice and Sing, if you've never heard it. It, it was written 120 years ago. Um, and this is a part of their $250 million investment towards social justice or ambiguous things that could lead to actually more division and less unification. See, I've... Eh, this is probably going to get me in trouble. It's whatever. But uh, the Black National Anthem, I, I think the idea of having national anthems for a different ethnicity, and we can talk about the history and the reasoning and whatnot, and it was written 120 years ago, so it's prior Civil Rights Act and things. You're talking Jim Crow and whatnot, and absolutely, you still, um, the black community was a were second-class citizens in, in a lot of ways in a lot of areas, and we hadn't reached our full potential living up to our founding promises or, our, or the promises that the founders put in the founding documents. But since then, now in 2021, by and large, we are there. There are, there are still problems. There will always remain problems. But as far as equal protection under the law and equal rights, we, we have ultimately made it in a lot of ways. I mean, we've even had a black president and we've had, um, you know, it's, it's, you still might see disparities in terms of dis- distribution, but that's a different conversation to have about population numbers. And uh, I, I defer to Thomas Sowell on that and his book, Discrimination and Disparities. I highly recommend you go reading it. Still haven't finished it. Uh, I'm thinking about doing like a read-through review on the podcast. Let me know if you'd like to hear that because it's a really, really good book. And I understand not, may, not everyone may go and read it. Uh, if so, this is not a sponsor, but you can go check out Thinker. Uh, spell, Thinker, spell without the E, basically. Uh, is a website that summarizes books for you and main ideas and themes and you can do a free trial and, and go check it out so if you don't want to basically it's it's all it's cliff notes but on steroids it's like a better cliff notes and it's really good and i i, I tested it out and i read their summation for discrimination disparities and a couple other ones that i've already read or am reading to see what they said and how how they committed to it so yeah i don't know i just i'm sorry i see this as a stroke a win for more divisiveness and less unification. So our national anthem now in 2021, definitely having, you know, righted all of the um, major wrongs with sure plenty more work to do, but there are so many variables that go into all these different things. So I see, Oh, we're playing the nat- the black national anthem. And then we're going to play, the national anthem. And I'm open to hearing some convincing arguments, but for me, I'm just not for it. I'm like, our national anthem is exactly that. It's the national anthem. It's representative of every person, every creed, every tribe. Is That is our unification symbol. To then suggest that there is a, a secondary national anthem for a specific group of people that we are now going to play right before we do our national anthem only puts people in a position to see more division, myself included. Because now I all I see is that, okay, we're... I, I maybe don't fully understand and I'm open to, like I said, I'm open to hearing other sides of it or hearing the other side of it. And, and I definitely want to know more and try and navigate this because at the end of the day, I don't necessarily want to look at stuff and have a negative out view on it. I always try and, and come at it and have an honest perspective and say, okay, surely there's a good reason that I, I would try and give people the benefit of the doubt and, and give groups and, and that they have good reasons and that maybe I'm just not getting the full story and don't understand that. And maybe that's true here, but I will tell you right now, I, I see this as a trend in the wrong direction. 
I I think it's I think I mean in general we can talk about the sentiment of it being the Black National Anthem. I'm not saying it doesn't have a special place in uh, the Black community and in, in Black culture, but as far as being um, elevated to this national stage and to I'm I'm telling people look a person can be smart people are stupid. What you're gonna see in, in our in our social media viral crazy outrage day and age, what we're going to see now is you're going to see a lot of pushback and a lot of fallout, if you haven't seen that already, where it's people seeing this as a divisive move. And in insofar as you're going to see people that agree with it and like it, and you're going to see a whole, you're going to see equal amount of people, if not more, that are really against it. I mean, you already saw, you already had fallout for the for kneeling for the national anthem, and I've talked about that some here on this, and, and that's 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 one thing. But now we're we're saying, okay, we've got this national anthem and that national anthem. You know, it's and and I, I think I think I think it does the wrong thing. Good intentions, bad outcome though. Not understand. It's like, ah, look, I'm well intentioned here. Think about it. You know, I, I think about all the parents out there who like, oh, they don't want to have, they don't want their kids to have any struggle. They want to have everything they need. That's good intentions, but the problem is it doesn't prepare them for the real world. And then guess what? They're insulated from any struggle, any failure, and learning how to overcome adversity. And I'm not, and, and that's just a simple way to kind of equate this. Where I think this is one of those instances where it's we're trying to do the right thing, but in so many ways it's so vague, and 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 to me doesn't make a lot of sense. But, uh. Yeah, and you, I'm not saying that it should be just outright eliminated. And we should never hear it ever again. No, I've I've heard the song before, and 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 I think it has its rightful place to be acknowledged. I don't think this is the right place, though, and that's me. So, um, it's all about pressing towards a better future. And I think the problem. See, I'm I'm reading. I'm skimming through this article, which is in the link down below or in the description down below. The link is. And, and, and I'm skimming through it and, you know, talk about, uh, who is this? Let me find, uh, uh, Conley. So Chris Conley, he, he did a tweet storm, I guess, and I'm not going to pull him up, but seeks to, okay. So for those who aren't familiar with it, the song seeks to remind us of our past as a country and to strive to be better. Sure. Why do we need to play that before every NFL football game? Don't know. It speaks to all of us. And also, I would say, you know what else does that? The Star Spangled Banner, our actual national anthem. But that's me. It speaks to all of us, not just black people. Even though it became a rallying cry for blacks in the Jim Crow era, it is a beautiful message birthed from pain. It is called the Black National Anthem. And just once again, going back to my, I'm, I'm, I'm claiming ignorance here, that we have to protect the dumb people. We have to protect ourselves from the dumb people. And maybe that's a bad argument where you're like, look, if, if that was the case, then there's so many things that we wouldn't do. But... Uh, and, and so I'll acknowledge, maybe not the best argument, but he closed a series of tweets by refuting those who claim the song is divisive, so that would be me. So I need to go read these tweets, saying it isn't just for black people to acknowledge, but for anyone who wants to press toward a better future. I would say the Star Spangled Banner does all of that. The Star Spangled Banner is all-encompassing in our nation. We can look back and what still stood. It's the flag. It's the ideals. It's the principles that this country was founded on. Even though we definitely... We, we still haven't maybe fully lived up to every single one in the best possible way, but we have continually gotten better and strive for a better future. And that is what our national anthem stands for. And so in some way, I, I could see this as you saying our national anthem doesn't stand for that. And a lot of people have been uh, led to believe that and buy into the fact that the national anthem and the flag doesn't doesn't represent them, which is a total flat out lie. It represents everybody. And you're totally and, and you've been you've been 
misled. I'm not calling you stupid because that's a whole swath of that's basically the other side for me is and and I've ran into plenty of people and I try and I try and actually listen to these people in here and not invalidate, you know, what you're feeling or thinking. But I simply would try and make the, the, the other side of the case and show you the other side that it's not. So, yeah. So I think that's. Oh, we should go watch this. Goodell on Emmanuel Acho's Uncomfortable Conversations with the Black Man. But yeah, that's it. So where do you stand on that? Do you think, do you, do you like the move for them to play the Black National Anthem? Do you think it's, to me, uh, this is going to sound cliche and overwrought, but I, I just, I, I fail to, to find good justification for why we're doing this. And I, and I honestly only see divisiveness. And I mean, look at me, I'm falling into it right here, right? And uh, I think it's good intentions uh, worked out badly, if you if you would say so. All right, so time to end on fun note. Hopefully, if it's still there, and it's still there. Bleacher reports NFL power rankings may or may not be able to put this link in the description down below, but we shall see. All right, so we're gonna walk through these power rankings. I'm sure you can find the NFC least uh, in the middle, in the back half of this. So get excited. That's what we're gonna see. What the freak? Where? I clicked power. Oh my gosh. I hate. Oh, there we go. Jeez. So you ever side note here complaints of it with bleach report link will pop up and I click on it or notification pops up. I click on it and I'm like, cool. And then what comes up? Oh, it takes me to a random page. And then I have to like scroll, I don't know, three or four times to even find the actual uh, article or section that I was looking for and it's so annoying and it's like you should take me right to it and it really does bother me but it's fine so we're gonna copy there we go all right power rankings let's crank through these oh man Houston Texans at the bottom of the list yep I mean they're in a they got a lot going on they traded Duke um they have the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Need I say any more? All right, 31, Detroit Lions. No surprise here either. Uh, they got a new coach. They're, they're figuring it out. So it's a, it's a building year for them. And then, ooh, Jacksonville Jaguars. They got Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, who said it's an open QB competition, which hopefully should work out in their favor. We'll see. Ah, there we are. And the first NFC Lease team, the Philadelphia Eagles, come in at number 29. Uh, <laughs> I love this. And this opening statement sums it up so well. The Philadelphia Eagles went from being one of the league's best-run organizations to utterly confounding in about three years. Yes, we did. We were top of the world, beating Tom Brady in a Super Bowl to trading away our franchise quarterback, offloading our head coach, and basically starting over, finally drafting a wide receiver with a quarterback who has questionable accuracy, mechanics, and decision-making, who seems to be, whose ceiling seems to be relatively low. Yay. Still been named Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So, oh boy. All right, next up, New York Jets. We are below the New York Jets at 28. Oh my gosh. So they got Zach Wilson, so we'll see. I mean, I, the Jets to me, though, is they're such a perennial losing powerhouse of losing. Uh, they're always losing. So that I, I just look at this and I say, yeah, whatever, Jets. 27, Carolina Panthers. So Matt Rule's second year. 
So they're gonna be working. Yeah, they got Sam Darnold. Oh, geez, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get up to snuff on who's on who. I got my fantasy draft coming up. Twenty six Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they traded away to Julio, so they are. They're, they got a lot to figure out. Ooh, 25, Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders doing Raiders stuff. <laughs> the Las Vegas, I love, these opening little lines are pretty good on some of these. The Las Vegas Raiders have no right to be this low based on talent alone. Yet John Gruden and co. have done very little for anyone to think that talent will translate to a better on-field product. Congratulations. You can get all the right pieces, but it's about having the right system. Ooh, second NFC least team, 24, New York Giants. Aside from a huge practice skirmish, head coach Joe Judge flipping out, and multiple veterans retiring, New York Giants training camp has been business as usual. Oh, Connor, I got to know your thoughts on this, bro. 23, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, Joey Burrow's coming back. Can he recover? He's going to be the same Joey Magic. Look, I, I I look at Joe Burrow's and I see a winner. I see someone who's going to make, who's going, who's going to, yeah, start a turnaround in, in that organization and team. And you're going to see... I look. I think he's ultimately, if they can play their cards right, he, this, the Bengals are going to be a real threat with Joe Burrows. Twenty-two Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings have a good squad, but they're lacking specific areas could hold them back. Okay, boring. Twenty-one Denver Broncos on the come up. They haven't earned the trust of anyone because they lack a solution at the game's most important position: quarterback, either Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. We'll see. And then the Saints, the Drew Breesless Saints, coming in at number twenty. What? How are they going to pan out? We shall see how the Crawdaddy King is going to do. All right, down there in the bayou. The fact that New Orleans Saints are still ranked among the top 20 teams is a testament to head coach Sean Payton, who has built over the last 15 seasons, I would say. We got eye surgery Jameis, crab legs stealing, interception slinging Jameis out here stumbling, bumbling his way to a winning season. We will find out. 19, Chicago Bears. Yeah, we all know they got Justin Fields. And I saw a crazy throw, sidearm throw in practice from him the other day. He's the real deal. So we'll see if they can piece together around him. 18, Indianapolis Colts, my uh, who I will be following because Carson Wentz, and I will forever remain a big fan of him, was a believer that if he not had he not gotten hurt, still would have won the Super Bowl, and it would have been great. And he would should have gotten MVP that year, but he got hurt, even though it was like week freaking 16. Come on, man. So... He does, though, uh, have a foot injury that he's going to be out 5 to 12 weeks. So, maybe not. Maybe I will be proved wrong. And then, oh, 17, the Pats. This has to be one of the lower power rankings they've ever received, at least in the last 20 years. Okay, nothing good on their intro. 16, Pittsburgh Steelers. So they're still at a tenuous juncture as a team that still has enough talent to compete with the league's best, but the organization could undertake a serious downturn if things don't work out as planned. Well, that's the most basic John Madden-esque statement I've ever freaking heard. Well, good football is good football. You know, you make tackles and you're able to move the ball down the field. I can't do a John Madden impression, but that's the most John Madden. Holy crap! Washington football team is number 15. Totally forgot that we still have, still had two teams in the NFC East. Oh my gosh. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the only thing holding the Washington football team back from being a chic playoff pick. The franchise snuck into the postseason last year at 7-9 and played relatively well in the wild card round against the eventual Super Bowl champions. Yep, there's the, that silent Washington football team, which Connor and I both agreed. If they win a Super Bowl, they have to... That would be amazing just for some simple sake. It sounds like they're working towards announcing a name next year, but I kind of need that. I think... 
I will say in this sense, it would be cool to have the 2022 Super Bowl champion be listed as the football team. And you can say, hey, I witnessed that, you know? Kind of one of those cool moments. But ultimately, I hope they lose and suck. 14. Oh, oh, okay. So they're neck and neck. 14, Dallas Cowboys. NFC East is wide open for any of its teams to take charge of last season's shameful display of sub-500 play by all four participants. Choo-choo! The NFC East train is gearing up to potentially leave the station again this year as we could have a follow-up performance, an encore, if you will. Get excited, folks. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's that that sums it up. So they are highest rated in the NFC least is 14 Dallas Cowboys. So many question marks. Oh boy. All right, and then we have the Los Angeles Chargers coming in at 13. They have Matthew Stafford now. What can they do? Was Jared Goff the problem? We shall see. They got they got one of the comeback kings who loves his last minute late game drives. 12 Miami Dolphins. Wow, look at them sneaking up here. Top 15. I got Tua down there. 11, Arizona Cardinals. A little disappointed they're not top 10. Uh, this is this is a personal favorite of mine as I like Kyler Murray. Dude's got ice in his veins. And I think now they got Nuke, too, and Fitz. Like, the Cardinals have every right to be a contender this year. So, they are going to be uh, fun to watch at the very least. Oh, Seattle Seahawks coming in at number 10. Hmm. Anyways, number nine, San Francisco 49ers. Oh, they got Trey Lance. I forgot about that. Yeah, so they should be on the come up because, I mean, they got a solid team together all in all and good defense. Then number eight, the Tennessee Titans. Tannehill, the freaking Lazarus of the league right now. Hey, nickname you Lazarus because you came back from the dead, boy, with Derrick Henry, the freaking monster. Oh, <laughs> they're opening line. There's always a catch with the Tennessee Titans. Yep. Number seven, Los Angeles Rams. Oh, crap. I was talking. I, I said the Chargers. Stupid LA having two teams. I'm tired of that bull crap. All right. Los Angeles Rams coming at number seven. And that's Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay. And they lost Cam Akers, which sucks, but they still, still should be fun to watch. Yeah, the Chargers, they have no chance. I don't know why they're so far up there. Number six, Baltimore Ravens. Yep, no surprise there. And then number five, Green Bay Packers. Still fifth best team because even, Aaron Rodgers finally got on the bandwagon, but we'll see. We'll see. He's clearly not happy. Here's one that we haven't seen in a long, long time. Who haven't we mentioned yet? You're sitting here thinking through all the normal trash teams year in, year out, who maybe is finally climbing out of their hole of depravity to be, I don't know, a real good team. Number four. Cleveland Browns. Look at them go. Good job, Baker Mayfield. OU product coming out right there. So, yeah, they're, I mean, they're doing big things. Then number three, another team who for a while there was real trash and then have been on the verge of not being trash for a while now and finally are not trash. Buffalo Bills. And then obviously top two, Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Enough said about that. No, no, no surprises there. So, yeah. What do you think? Are you excited for football to be back? It's always a fun time this time of year. Preseason is starting. Season's around the corner. New Madden comes out. Not going to waste my money on that because it's just plug and play now. So, I just buy the little $30 a year EA gameplay play last year's until, I don't know, the following summer. And then I get, I now have, yeah, I've had access to Madden 21 for like six months now. And I just play that and it's way cheaper. Which, by the way, I will say EA. Good job 
on that model overall. Great job saying, look, we'll give you access to platforms, a lot of new stuff. I mean, shoot, Force Awakens, I got to play. So 30 bucks a year and I get to play all these games that maybe I wouldn't go and spend 60 bucks on or even 35 or 40 bucks use because I don't know if I'm going to be that into it. And now I can test it out here. This is the model that I've been wanting for years. I'm willing to pay, I don't know, I, I would be willing to pay honestly a little more than that, but say 30 bucks, say, okay, say there's an initial investment. Say I buy into FIFA franchise and it's, we'll say it's 60 bucks, price of new game out the gates, right? And then every subsequent year after that is 35 bucks or something like that. Or maybe, maybe I pay a hundred bucks and then I pay 30 bucks, right? Uh, look, I, I think, I think video games are overpriced and they always get enough, especially now with microtransactions in games. So 30, 60 bucks and then 30 bucks a year after that. And I will, and I will get at release, I will get the new FIFA and, and it'll just, and since I buy it digitally, it just automatically replaces itself. Whatever transfers over, transfers over, and I do that. And you could do that on individual platforms. EA has basically done that. Now, you don't get the newest one, but you do get newer games, and you get last year's game, and then at, at a certain time, you will get access to the newer ones, and you you just get them late. And But for 30 bucks a year, or 25 whatever it is, can't argue with that, right? Pretty good deal. So I would be okay with, because I think we all have franchises and series like 2K, Madden, FIFA, all that stuff. And maybe there could be a bundle where it's like, look, um, you know, for 50 bucks a year, you pay 50 bucks. So essentially it would be like you're buying the game each year, but because there's no super duper drastic, it's not a brand new game or concept. It's just the updated version. You're just paying for updates. And I don't know, I... And then with all the microtransactions, with all the ultimate team stuff and whatnot, where people can spend real money in the game now, and I think a lot of, too many people do, I think, I think it's a worthwhile uh, looking into because I think we've been getting gouged with all this DLC bullcrap for a while now. And this derailed into video game talk, I realize that. But yeah, that's where I'm at. So anyways, let me know any and all your thoughts, what you're excited for, what you're not excited for. Do you disagree with me? If you want to come on the show and tell me why you disagree with me, we can talk about that too. Seriously, we'll have to know anything and everything. You can send all of those in via five-star review. You can email the show. It's theramblingviking at gmail.com. Or you can... Uh, call or leave a voicemail at 580-789-9258. Lastly, there is a link down below with all the other ones that is titled Voice Memo. You can leave a voice message there. That is how we get our Crazy Kyle stories, courtesy of Connor. But that does it for this sports edition of specifically NFL. I should say NFL edition of the Rambling Viking Podcast. Hope you have a PDFG day and week, and we will see you next time. This Hanyak is out!